With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hockey fans, the final chase for the Stanley Cup is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Finals, has a can't-miss offer for the most exciting series in sports. New customers can bet $5 on either team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the final? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. New customers can bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code RINKRAT at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Finals. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast, Stanley Cup Finals edition. We are here in the winding games of the NHL season overall. Next up, we got NHL draft and then free agency, and then we're into actual summer part. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. The winding days. You mean the days are winding down? Is that what uh, you mean? There we are. Or are we on a winding road? Maybe game se- get, taking us to a game seven, going from Tampa to Colorado. Wind, winding down is what I okay, I intended to mean by that. But yeah, an exciting first game, and finally a Stanley Cup Finals between two actual good teams. Two great teams. Two um, fantastic. This is so here. I right, rapid fire. Best Stanley Cup Finals since. Or most, let's call it most anticipated because we don't know how it's going to go. But in terms of the quality of hockey, ooh, I don't know, Red Wings, Penguins, probably yeah, yeah, I like Holy that. Smokes. That's a good answer. That's the first one that came to my mind because what were all the ones after that? Like Chicago. Someone said Chicago, Boston. W- wasn't there? Yeah, that was a good one. That was, was that was, was a really good one. Like Chicago, Philadelphia. Philadelphia was a journeyman team, yeah. carried by Chris Pronger, yeah, yeah. who and Michael I mean, Layton. Yeah. <laughs> Not even fully Michael Layton. No, it was like they, three they, guys, right? Bar- Brian Boucher. Yeah. And then um, I can't remember who the other goalie was in there. And then the other one was uh, just – it was Chicago beat Tampa Bay when Ben Bishop had – I don't know. Do you have two groins in your body? I don't yeah. know. He, he was on – he had no groin. When those young guys just started for Tampa. Yeah. Vasilevsky had to start a game, and it was yeah. like – yeah. I thought there was an alarm. But, yeah, it's the first – 15 years, probably. Yeah. And it yeah, feels like, like yeah, that first game was unreal. Who did the Penguins beat the second time? I know they beat Nashville. Nashville and San Jose. It was San, San Jose. Jose yeah. yeah. Again, they outmatched them there as well. And then Tampa Bay obviously beating. Well, actually, sorry. The, the Capitals beating the Golden Knights, who were like, that was in five games, I believe. Yep. So whatever. And then Tampa Bay beating Dallas and. Blues Bruins. Yeah. 
Oh, Blues Bruins. That was a decent one, too. That was, that was, that was, that was like a fun series. That was just a solid than, matchup. Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. the superstar. Like, there's some good players. But yeah. We're not getting... You probably it's have... McKin- like, Nathan McKinnon. Like, yeah, yeah. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Kucherov. Oh Stamkos. Like, I'll gush in... Like, I'll gush over Kale McCarr later. Oh, my God. That guy's so, so good at hockey. But before we get into that, let's get into a little Lightning Rangers game six. Just finish off that series there. Did you guys, what did you guys think about that one, that game? Lightning just completely dominated the Rangers. Yep. It looked like what it should have been kind of all series. Oh, yeah. Shesterkin wasn't able to hold up for them. And, yeah, I think it was like the shots were like 16 – New York only had 16 shots like going into like the last 10 minutes of the third period when they've been down for yeah. majority of the game. It was crazy. It's like they weren't just weren't able to generate anything against that team. And yep. yeah, the, at five on five, there was a, a good little shot chart on Twitter of the New York Rangers game over the playoffs. And it's like on offense, they literally produced nothing. They're like a black hole. And but they, at five on five, but they still somehow not nothing. Not it was nothing. Some good but, high danger passing. Yeah, but. On defense, though, they really like gave up a, lo- a lot of like yeah. quality chances in like the good areas. So they, they were more average at five on five on in the offenses, yeah. but defense is like really. I was pretty surprised that Shesterkin let in that goal on Stamkos, the the first one, not the second. Yeah, one. Th- what what happened there? Was he it, was it knuckling it, a bit? He maybe? just put it through him and put it in a good area, and it was kind of awkward for him. Like that's, but like that's not a goal that Igor Shesterkin really gives up that we've seen. Like this guy's. A complete horse. And then you see him making all these other saves. Like, the hagel sorelli Kalorn line should have had, like, two goals in this one. And he completely stifled them. He was making so many saves where, like, it's a it's an odd man rush. He comes out, he challenges pretty well. But then he tracks back so fast and he stretches out so much that he takes up so much room. It's like, unless you're putting it straight under the bar in a perfect shot off a one-timer, which... On a two-on-one, how often are you really doing that? Like, you're not beating him, right? Like, he's he's an exceptional goaltender. He made a couple – he made a huge tip save even, I remember. I think it was on Palat. But Steven Stamkos coming up big in game six. He's just – if you're the Lightning, you absolutely love to see that, especially after, like, the, after last year. What did you think of, his, like, the game winner, the second goal? I, I – I thought it was a good it, goal. It was a good goal. Like it was just was weird. I don't know what happened. It just fell out of his glove, I, I guess. I feel like mm-hmm. Shesterkin doesn't catch even Vasilevsky a little bit, too. Like, I feel like these guys don't catch the, the puck very well. He kind of scoops it. And, like, we saw it before on another Stamco shot earlier in the series. But he he didn't quite – he didn't squeeze it, and he cupped it. Made a fantastic save off a rush from Steven Stamkos. Like, just really to start good, really that off. It. Like, it was a two-on-one, off, one, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was – the pass went across, and Stamkos got an open lane. Yeah. And he made a good shot, and Shesterkin made a fantastic save. It just kind of popped out and then, unfortunately, hit Stamkos' knee uh, and went in. But just the storyline of it. Like, Stamkos gets – like, the captain gets the scoring going. And then he takes a penalty that leads to a Frankie Vitrano bomb. Yeah. And it ties the game. And then, like, 10 seconds later, he puts them over to the top. And it was like, after they scored that goal, it, you knew New York was not coming back and winning that no, one. No, that was that – was what a – like you said, the response, though. That was... Oh, yeah. Like, Zabanajad got – Zabanajad, Panarin, Kreider, after game two, were just stifled. They couldn't do anything. And even Miller and Fox, too – prolific offensive defenseman i felt like couldn't get anything really going like it really like talk about a f- series flipped on its head oh yeah like it's not quite 28 to 3 
Falcons Patriots comeback. <laughs> but two up in the series, you're on the road up two goals to nothing against Tampa. And then from there, just they each got smoked. Yeah. Like bang, bang, much. bang, four games done. Reverse sweep, essentially. Yeah. Which, like, which game was New York really like? Game one. Well, like game game one and two, sure, yes, like they they won those two, but like games three to six, no, they weren't. Yeah, and it, I saw a game two as well. It seems like a game that they won, but more on like the, especially on the back of Shosturkin than them kind of uh, producing anything. Game two, I felt like they dominated the first half, okay. and then Tampa really yeah, started to get up. it going. Mm-hmm. But then even in game three, they were up in game three two nothing. Yeah, I want to say, that's and a, they. Yeah, that's a, that's a, for sure. And yeah. then they blew it. And then <laughs> like, they blew it. And, like, Tampa just kept hammering them and hammering them and hammering them. And then game four, they had no shot in that one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They did scratch Capocacco in game six in favor of Dryden Sorry, Hunt, who is kind of a journeyman guy. He's our age. It's funny to say now. It's an insane move. Yeah. Like, that was a weird one because he was clicking well with with Heedle and uh, Lafreniere, right? Like, I I heard on the on the radio it was a, one of the U.S. stations. Someone a Rangers fan call it and before Game Six just rip on Gerard Gallant. Yeah, and I'm like, on one hand, like he is pr- probably a pretty good coach who's got mm-hmm. this team a lot further than it should have, but on the other hand, like a lot of it should be credited to the goalie. <laughs> And scratching a guy like Capo Caco, even if he's not playing well, like he... Like, what did Dryden Hunt do in game six? Nothing. Nothing. Like, that was just a really weird move. Yeah. But I I don't know. who I didn't really... That was odd. And they have a lot of free agents coming up. So these are the guys that have to be their future for him. Obviously, this doesn't mean, you know, that his career is done or anything. But you already heard, like, trade rumors. He's not happy. Like, like that's just kind of bad management of your yeah. of your players. It's yeah. the second... Terrible for him because now this is the second coach that's just like weirdly not playing him. Mm-hmm. And he's also only twenty one years old. He's drafted literally like two, three years ago, right? It's like he's twenty. I thought. 21. I think he's turning yeah. twenty one, maybe. But the or, crazy but, thing, like again, yeah. some guys wouldn't even make the NHL till this year. Mm-hmm. Like he, that guy, you don't you don't want to give you up. You can on do him. two entry level slides. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, like even Lafreniere. No offense to him, I. He had some big hits. I thought one of them was kind of dirty on Victor Hedman. It was yeah, dirty. It was, it was fully He's dirty. not. He didn't play. In my opinion, he, like neither of these guys are playing exceptional. But you still got to give them chances. Like yeah. you yeah. can't scratch those guys. No, not at all. I know what you mean. Philip Heedle, though, that guy's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him credit for that. But you did mention a lot of UFAs on this team. Andrew Cop from the playoff roster, obviously. Andrew Cop, our good friend Greg McKay. Remember that guy? Tyler Mott, Kevin Rooney is like a 12th, 13th guy. Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano, all UFAs. So it'll be interesting to see what they they do there. Apparently, I they like, yeah. I, I, I heard that most likely would be bringing back Cop. They like Cop because he can play center, too. He's mm-hmm. pretty, and he played pretty well for yeah. the playoffs. Player. He's a good player. They, like, the Strom deal sounds like he's looking for, like, a Hyman esque like a five and, half, more, five, like five, five, five and a half five to six and a half six for long term like seven I, that seems years. like a trap deal to me yep, for him for sure i didn't think he was overly effective in the playoffs i think he's a lot of a product of the guys that he plays with he's just mm-hmm. he's a fine player but not someone i'd want to give big money or big term to mm-hmm. for sure so yeah. i think they'd be wise to 
steer clear of that one. What do you think that Andrew Kopp would get paid? Like, what would his deal Probably look like? Probably similar. Five, five. Four, four to five, I think. Four to five at he's like a two-way player, too. He's a, he's a good player. Term, he though? He scored or? a lot of goals. He's a little older, right? He's like, uh, uh, he's 27. 27. Like yeah, pretty term. young for a year. Like 90, yeah, 95 more? Yeah, he'll get it. He'll get it. He's pretty old. <laughs> he can play center. Like, that's the biggest thing. He, mm-hmm. He's a legit centerman. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's funny also, like, man, we complained about the Phil Castle dead cap. Next year, New York has 3.427 in dead cap. Jeez. And then the best is one of the buyouts. It, it doesn't even count because it was a compliance buyout, and that's Brad Richards. <laughs> so they have four guys, Kevin Shattenkirk, Dan Girardi, Anthony D'Angelo. That's hilarious They're because being bought out. what did Kevin Shattenkirk sign? He, he signed Shattenkirk, pretty big money. Yeah, he's making 3.9. Anthony D'Angelo is probably going to get paid a decent amount in free agency now because he's a free agent and, like, no, he's a restricted free agent. Restricted free agent. He's yeah. still going to get like a good amount. Like, yeah, they need to hilarious. lock up they Georgia. They up. need to lock up Capo Caco, and then yeah, they have eleven we'll million see. of space. They could make it work, but I again, don't think. They, yeah, I don't think Strom's coming. They back. may. Uh, it may be a situation where like, wow, we're on entry level. De- like Capo Caco needs an. That's going to be like a, a easy, bridge deal. Easy. Easy. One to two. Two um, years kind of thing. Hedo's making two million. Lafreniere's on his entry level. Like you may have a, they may think, wow, I'm going to take a big swing for this year. Maybe I go after like, let's offer Malkin like eight mil for this year. Mm-hmm. Something like, you know what like I mean? Short Insta- term kind instead of, of locking in Strom, mm-hmm. take advantage of this little window you have here. Go after like a legit top, top yeah. player. Yeah. Someone on Twitter said that uh, Ryan Strom was like thanking the media and saying bye as in. But who's giving him that money? I, I, I don't know. Like how much do you think he's, he's worth versus how much do you think he gets? I think he's. A three to four million dollar player max, and I'd want the term kind of short as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I feel like he's a good player to have if you have him around like three million dollars, yeah. and you have like a John Tavares and a William Nylander on either yeah. side of him, just kind of, just kind of there, but can chip in some offense kind of thing. But let let the the star players on the wings mm-hmm. work and. It really did work out very well with Artemi Panarin there, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, he seems like the typical trap guy where it's like he needs, like he'll excel the most when playing with better players. But it's like you can't give a guy you need like to that put him money. in the right situation. Exactly, yeah. And there's very few situations where you're gonna pay like a guy like that out the wahoo just so he can play with better players, right? Ideally, if you're gonna pay a guy like that in free agency, you'd expect him to at least be able to elevate or survive on his own. Yeah, like so. listen to these point totals, like fifty nine, forty nine, and fifty four, and. Like you'd expect a guy like that, obviously, mm-hmm. to get like being the fives, but everyone knows it's no secret he played with some exceptional yeah. players. Yeah, and he's like a kind of a trap player in the sense of like he's a good offensive player. Yeah, but he's not like an elite offensive player. No. Like again, let's look at the tiers. He's not even like Goudreau, Marner tier, no. not close. Nylander, Ehlers tier, he's no. not close to that either. So like we're going down a couple mm-hmm. tiers here, right? Yeah. Like he may he may be looking more at like a Mikheyev. In terms of money, oh, and uh, like, who would you want more though? Well, Ryan Strom or Ilya Mikheyev? I don't know. It depends I, what Mikheyev you get. Yeah, I, I would. I would probably take Mikheyev. But the Strom optics wise is like can play center. Like, I don't know. That's that's pretty. But much he's all not a good. Like, I know. I'm just two way center man. I'm yeah, just. I'm just giving I mean? like like Ilya Mikheyev. Good. He had some good it, speed. Yeah. He's good on the penalty kill. He'll win puck races. So. That'll be it. That, that's I, I a really compa- interesting yeah, one. It is. I want like, to compare him to other like free agents who I would like. Like, okay, here. How much do you think Pallad is going to make? Uh, a lot more. Well, uh, how much more could he possibly? Like, you know what I mean? Pallad's yeah. not going to make seven million. Is he thirty-one or? 
Palat's probably going to make five, six million. So how yeah. are you giving Strom the same money as that no. guy? That makes well, a guy who can fit any line, any situation, mm-hmm. right? Him or Trocheck? We're talking Trocheck five, six million. I'd rather have Trocheck. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like you just look at like Ryan Strom. What the hell is he going to get? It's like, an I odd fit. Like it's a very it's odd. Really odd weird. Like I don't know. Maybe that's an Arizona overpay. I mean, yeah. There's a few teams that need to get to Buffalo. Maybe even sixty-one million floor now. Right, something like that. There's a few teams that need to get to the floor, right? Like I think Ottawa does. Ottawa should be way, way over the floor. They should. They should. But we'll see. Uh, and then who else? Buffalo. Anaheim, I think. Detroit. Buffalo, Buffalo just Buffalo, traded for Arizona. Ben Bishop to to get to the floor, right? Yeah. So we'll see it. That'll, that'll be an interesting Very, one. That, to we kind of stumbled. It'll upon also that, be but... uh, interesting to see what they give Georgiev, their mm-hmm. other goaltender. Um, there will they be the ones giving him a contract? Yeah. I mean, who will then? No, I'm just saying, like, yeah. some trade rumors around him have been swirling. Yeah, right? oh, really? I think, I think ever would, since the deadline. I think that would make sense for him because I, I as in his, I think he might. I, I would want to be out if I'm in his shoes. There's no way he's going to be passing. I think he could be a circuit. He could be a starter. Like he's uh, I'd also say a New York guy. New York cap wise would really like. Like, I don't think they're going to want to pay him Mm-mm. three. You, you think he could four. be a he could be a platoon guy? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's decent. He's not bad. He can eat 35, 40 games. So yeah. Who say. knows? Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe someone gets like a, like you said, like a Ranta two years, two and a half million yeah. sides in on it. Well, we'll see. That's a, a great deal him, for Shesterkin. Yeah. He's a 96 born. So what? Like if you give him two years, does that, is he still an RFA after that? No, he'll that? be a UFA then. Oh, so. He's hmm. a UFA, yeah. It's a little bit tough because if you're going to play him more games, how's he going to play? Who knows? All that, like, it's just crazy to see like his stats. He's a decent goaltender. His stats versus Shesterkin's, uh, yeah, like, nuts. that just shows how good Igor Shesterkin was this year. I gotta, say, I gotta put that part out there for sure. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, Shesterkin nine thirty five this year. Georgiev eight ninety eight. Wow, crazy, crazy. But we'll see. Lot, a uh, lot of moving parts with a lot of different teams. And uh, oh my God, they pay Patrick Nemeth two and a half million per year. Yep, that is an egregious amount of money. Yikes! All right, <laughs> we'll see. They'll add them, add the, the Rangers to the list of what what's going to happen next year for them, yeah. right? So let's move on. Then I think we can all agree, Game Six was a was a thumping from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's uh, shall we get into some Game One? Of the Stanley Cup Finals. And wow, what a game we got. I really do want to look up the ratings for this one because as as you mentioned, you're going to pull those up there. As you mentioned, it was on ABC. So a lot more access for people to watch this game. You had two, you have a lot of superstars in this one. I mean, just list them off. Like Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Rantanen, Kale McCarr. Devin Taves. And then that's just for one team. Yeah, like. <laughs> and then on the other side, Andre Vasilevsky, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Victor Hedman. Like, the list goes on and on. Like, you have some marketable guys. You're not like, hey, here's 35-year-old Shea Weber and 35-year-old Terry Price versus the one-time Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, right? How about this? Game one between the Avalanche and Lightning averaged 4.2 million wow. total viewers and a 1.3 demo rating, which is 18 to 49, topping Wednesday night in both measures. Wow. Ooh. So the most watched program. On a Wednesday, too. A, hey, that is really good. 
That is really, really good. That's nice. Fantastic. Now we got a Saturday one coming up as well. That's re- I think last year was like two around two million. I got to find it. Wow. The average was that 2.5 million, million on NBC. That's great. 2.5. Yeah. So we've like almost. Wow. If they hold I'm, it, which they I mean, it seems like they awesome. should. Is that just U.S. numbers? That's or? just U.S. Wow. Get those numbers Holy up, baby. Smokes. Let's get the cap up. That's, that's Here really, we go. That's, no, that's why you sign with ESPN, though, because it's all the little things like yeah. these are. Th- I don't know if a lot of people go to ESPN's website, for example. But before the, the ticker of sports at the top was like NFL, NBA, NCAA football, MLB, NCAA basketball, and then no NHL. Because yeah. they didn't ha- they didn't care about the NHL. Yeah. Why would they? Pro- it's free advertising. But now them, it's right? all over sports. Mm-hmm. If you watch the NBA Finals, you know what the ads are. Like the NHL. That was terrible. Yeah. The NHL. Stephen A. Smith used song. to make fun of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> once in a while, and then who was the who was the other guy that used to be on First Take? Skip Bayless. No, the I'm Kellerman? taking Andre. Yeah, I'm taking Andre, <laughs> Andre Iguodala. <laughs> he even said he's like, you know what they say about hockey? There's. Uh, there's a, a team in each hometown, and all, all the 20,000 residents of the hometown are season ticket holders. Uh, like, Relax. He, oh, he said nobody cares about hockey before that, too, which was kind of funny. And then right. Stephen A. Smith was criticizing the Raptors. Remember when the, we had the finals here? He was like, y'all are watching hockey. Your team's not even in the finals. <laughs> I remember that. And now he's got a, you know. ESPN pays him the big bucks. Now he's got to say some kind things about hockey once in a while. <laughs> Actually, honestly, so. guys, I'm not kidding. I'm looking at the more in-depth numbers. They absolutely smoked everything else on TV in the U.S. That's crazy. Wow. It wasn't a tough night because summer is a little bit of a weaker in terms of like mm-hmm. the sports. Not even sports like the primetime TV scheduling, uh, but like massive. E- even massive just pulling rating. those numbers, I think massive, is really good. Massive rating. But yeah. I honestly yeah. wouldn't expect that to see. Mm-hmm. NHL get that, but good for them. It's huge. Yeah, and you know what? It was uh, the game didn't disappoint either. Like going no. to overtime, overtime too. Yeah, exactly. Seeing a little bit of a comeback in there. On top of that, like we got, we had, and some highlight real goals as well. Nikita Kucherov, absolutely. Und- oh lord, undressing Devin Taves. Like yeah. undressing. Scored that goal on a couple nobodies, Taves and Makar. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. It was wild. Ever heard wild, of those guys before? Wild, those guys yeah. had a great game. Yeah, but. Let's uh, let's get into this one. What were some some keynotes you had from this one? Anything? Oh, where do you even begin? I don't. I, uh, where do we start? I think again, when you look at Colorado, I think one of the skills of their team, you're, they're missing Kadri and Sam Gerrard. Okay, those are like, I think that's about ten million dollars worth of players for them. Maybe a little less because they're on good contracts. But mm-hmm. the depth of Colorado, Valerie Nachuskin, Andre Burakovsky, like these guys come to play. Comfort, I thought had a really good game. There, this is so important, and we talk about it over and over. Remember last episode, we went down all the guys who have more than five goals for Colorado. It's like seven forwards, not even mm-hmm. including Burakovsky, scores the overtime winner. 60-point guy. I think I heard they set a stat on TV. It's like Byram's time on ice average has gone up like seven minutes since the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, he's great. He's really good. And he, he was a big factor. I think it was on the first goal. Like, the way that – like, everyone – like, sorry, not – I was about to say everyone talks about the zone exits of Makar Taves. No, it's just us losers that do. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of people, like, like I think it was Dmitry Fil- Filipovich was hammering the table about it. He's like, okay, McCarr and Taves, yes, like, they're absurd numbers. But Bowen Byram, who I think is in the second year of his entry-level deal, is doing a fantastic job of carrying the puck up. And if you watched that game one, he did it more than a few times. Like, he's just so composed with the puck. And, me, like, this guy's... 
what, not even 21 yet? And you saw that on the first goal. He gets the, he get, brings the puck up. He, sorry, he gets, a, I think he got a pass from McKinnon, who was below the goal line. He brings the puck up all the way up the ice. Nice little zone entry. Drops the puck off, attacks the defender to take the defender out, and then, bam, goal. Did I describe that right? Yeah. Yes, I did. Landis Cog shot through a screen, and we were up one nothing from the kid, right? Like, just their defense, the, the offense that they're able to generate from their defense is incredible. And it's not like you have a bunch of, uh, like, Tony D'Angelo's out there where you have to sacrifice defense. On top of that, they're exceptional defensively as well just because they use their speed so so well and they're so efficient with the puck. Like, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this playoffs is really like a bash versus dash. Yeah, a little bit. Like this series, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, not this play- I yeah, see this that. series. Like, well, I think Tampa's a little more than just bash. Though. Yeah, they can kind yeah. of play it all, but I think they, they yeah. I think they think that the best way to neutralize their the, the way that Colorado plays is to play a little, like like lean into more of that bashing game maybe because they, they really can't do it all. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's a a good way to describe it. And also regarding Bo and Byron, what you pointed out, he had the most five-on-five five ice of any Avalanche player in Game One. Wow! Twenty minutes and twenty-five seconds. I saw them put him with a uh, Makar a few times out there as yeah, well. He's crazy good, but also they lean on their top three so hard, which I, I respect it. Like, good. They should. You should. Johnson like, and Johnson. That good. Why not? Sprinkling Eric Johnson, sprinkling Manson. And they do a yeah. little bit of Jack Johnson as well. Very sheltered, but yeah, he made mm-hmm. a couple okay plays. I he's, thought. Yeah. Whatever. It's like he plays as much as a fourth line player on D so so I just want to piggyback off the Byron thing and and even Cal McCarr and Devin Tate's talking about how they're 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 excuse me their exits um shut down line we reference him a lot he posted his micro stats and uh retrievals leading to exits for Colorado 40 he had 40 retrievals leading to exits that's 58 percent of their retrievals led to zone exits wow compared to Tampa Bay who only had 37 percent yeah, nice. I saw a couple of people say Tampa's D struggled to move the puck. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was another one from Mike Kelly who said uh, when attempting to pass the puck uh, to exit these D zone successful 35% of the time, as you mentioned, for mm-hmm. um, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, down 35% from first three rounds. They completed 43% of their stretch pass attempts, down 48% from first three rounds. Ten neutral zone turnovers compared to two from Colorado, and that's via Sport Logic. That was a tweet from Mike Kelly. I think one of those things is first of all, Tampa didn't really get a break. No. Between New York and how many games was it? Days was it three? They, they landed the day before. Um, Colorado has speed that nobody else can match. No, no. New York had some speed. Like, like, give them some respect. They, they yeah, weren't a slow team. But Colorado's speed off the rush, on the four check. Consistent in waves. Non stop. Yeah. It's non stop. So even like, again, even when they do get the puck, there's. Normally, a avalanche a player them. right in their dome. Yeah. And Victor Hedman, I thought, struggled. He's had a couple weirdly yeah. bad games in the playoffs, but then he usually bounced back with a Always. really good game, so I'm expecting that next time. It's all the game ones, too, yeah. when you think about it. Like, the Rangers game one, he didn't play well. Leafs game one, he didn't play well. Uh, and then this one, yeah, he, he really had a tough time moving the puck. And, yeah. I mean, the overtime goal was a perfect just like example of what was going on. They try to get it through the neutral zone. Nope. Doesn't work. And then gets back to Sergeyev, tries to flick it through the neutral zone again. Nope. Doesn't work. And then comes back the other way. That was really bad. And well, on their, the their forwards. Game. I know it was a late change, but 
if you look at that play, that they're was just bad. scrambling out there. Well, they're not even coming back. No <laughs> yeah. backtracking. Look at Kucherov there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's not his game, obviously. He's just kind of yeah, gliding. Don't mean to rip on Pat Maroon, but he also stayed out a little extra. He almost scored league. there. Yeah, he did. He did. But <laughs> he yeah, stayed a little up. longer, and that they went for a three-person line change. And, yeah, they did get a close chance right after that, after the, the penalty yeah. ended there. Nice little over-the-glass for it, the fourth If line. Tampa came back and won that game. Yeah. That'd be an all-timer. Like. Or, conversely, if they gave up a power play goal at the very end there, I mean... Tampa had their fourth line out there with a minute 27 left. Yeah, that was left. weird. That was like, odd. They love that fourth line. Just kind of A little funny. too much, maybe. A but little bit. Like, that would be tough for Colorado, I feel like, to bounce back from. But that, that like, Colorado needed that win way more than yeah, Tampa. For sure. To... For sure. Tampa's like, it's almost like they do this on purpose. Yeah, it feels the like they win lo- came I, kind of out of the sales once that 3-1 lead was yeah. and evaporated you can, yeah, very quickly. Luckily, they got it back. Yeah. And yeah, did you... Overall, I think the Avs have way outplayed them. For sure. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Even no after doubt, after that second goal, or sorry, the third goal from Tampa. Yeah. The oh yeah. Just like the chance, like they scored, and then instantly Colorado in waves. It felt like literally for the entire set. What the was rest the expected of the goal period. battle in the third period specifically? Colorado definitely had the. Uh, it was six. six ooh, ooh, wait, one sec. Sorry, seventy four percent. Seventy four percent. They had a whole. They had wow. an entire expected goals to point three four from Tampa. Seventy four point seven. It's cr- so, crazy yeah. onslaught. So. How about this quote? Not to make everything about the Leafs. I'm sure you, I know you guys saw this. I saw this already. Jared Bednar, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, said he spent a lot of time watching the Leafs in their series against Tampa ahead of the Stanley Cup final. Quote, it was a dynamic series, and I see a lot of similarities in the Leafs players and personnel to ours. You know what, guys? Banners fly forever. North Division <laughs> champions respected in the handshake line, and then Jared Bednar watched our film. <laughs> I will say one of the tweets underneath said, yeah, very similar personnel, except we don't have Kale McCarr, and that's like <laughs> a pretty significant difference. And you could also argue we pro- we don't even have a like a Devin Taves level. No, no, that's crazy. That like, oh yeah, it's just Devin Taves. It's he's like, like the supporting cast guy, and he's also amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you had a good point oh, in our chat you. about Valerie Nichushkin. Do you want to share? No, he's a really good player, but like there was some situations where in the second and third period he scored, but there were other situations he's getting prime chances, just shooting Barry and pucks with his head down, which makes sense. That's kind of the type of player he is. He's not like a super like silky skilled offensive player. He's a really solid defensively good, like good player on the puck. He's more of like a volume shooter. Yeah. But then in overtime, he gets the puck in a dangerous area, pops that head up and makes an amazing pass. Like what do we, we talk about this all the time. Those East West passes. It's, there's the no way for Vasilevsky to save that puck. There's no, just he, no way. Especially it was a good job by Comp for providing a little bit of that screen there, mm-hmm. a little traffic and mayhem in front. Just gave Burakovsky such an easy uh, play there for that that overtime goal. Yeah. But Nachushkin, like just the speed that he brings as well, the size that he has, like the, the avalanche forecheck is so relentless that I'm not surprised at all that Tampa Bay's defensemen just kept turning the puck over and couldn't make a, a pass for their life. I mean, it wasn't like Tampa Bay was playing like Florida where it was just all spread out, like, okay, like, Hail Mary it into the neutral zone. Like, the, the, the Avs made it very, very difficult for, for the, the Lightning to break the puck out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And we'll see how they re- respond game two. That'll be yeah. really interesting. Yeah, the game planning from John Cooper. Uh, he'll have some. He's an, he's an exceptional coach. Mm-hmm. Like, just... So I'm very, very curious to see what kind of happens in the next game there. So 
we'll see. Um, I did want to touch on Vasilevsky. Saw a lot of people criticizing those first two goals. They did happen pretty quick in the first period. It is a situation where, yes, that does ruin the momentum for, for Tampa Bay there. I thought he had a fantastic game. That first goal was a big screen from his own defenseman. The second goal was a big tip from his own defenseman again. That puck was going, I want to say, glove side, like mid-range glove side, and then ended up going through the five hole. Like that big of a change really does affect you there. Um, and then the third, how was the third goal again? I can't even remember. Oh, it was like, that was a shot pass from McKinnon to Lekkonen. Yeah. Yeah, on the power play, play. which yeah. was funny seeing five on three. No, yes, 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 five yes, on yes. Three. that was a good five on three. Yeah, it was very good. They moved the puck so quick, yeah. but it was funny seeing Habs fans then go lecking it on the power play. Like we didn't see this for four years. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? But on top of that, like he kept the game close. I mean, when you look at it, there was a, a very good rush rush chance from Burakovsky when it was, I believe two, nothing. He makes a fantastic blocker save. And then Tampa's did they add? No. Did they add one? Yeah, it was the Nick Paul goal. Right before the Nick Paul goal, yes. he made a, a pretty good blocker save. He made a couple of saves on Valerie Nachushkin. There was one he kind of got lucky on Nathan McKinnon where sent Eric Chernak, who, another defenseman who had a rough game. And this one, he sent him into the corner, and then luckily Puck hit him. But, I mean, yeah, like wasn't really the, the traditional Vasilevsky taking over game. We usually are used to seeing but he played very very well in this yeah. one he's always he's gonna always play well it's crazy pretty well unless uh, it's the Leafs we, well, maybe that, that was the just the Leafs he's still I thought he was game six seven he locked yeah. it down hard you really but, need to like again like it's it's almost more so luck when this happens but like those tips and those screens on him you really need to get those through mm-hmm. or else you're gonna have a tough time because he's so athletic do you remember he made a save in the third period. It was off a missed shot, and the player on the avalanche pulled it from like behind the net and tried to go blocker side on him. Yeah. N- Normal goalies in the NHL, for NHL level, should not be stopping that. No. That was sick. And then he made a nice backdoor uh, save on, the, on the, the power play there as well at the very end of the game. Uh, I think it was off like the throat. It maybe wasn't the best position shot, but... Nevertheless, a very good shot, and he stopped that as well. Like, played well. Got to give him credit. Yeah. I thought so. A couple. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. No. A couple things I want to bring up. One, we didn't even talk about Braden Point coming back. Yeah, didn't he was good, but I I wasn't a fan of the line that they had him on. Mm. He was playing with Nick Paul and Ross Colton, which is again I think they scored. They had a goal against as well, but I really think for Tampa. He needs to be going at like a really high pace rush offense to try to counter the rush offense of the Avs. We'll see. I I think they should put him back with Kucherov. Interesting. So you would take so who? Would so lines... it was Kucherov, Stamkos, Palat. It seems like. Sorry, before we get into, this, it seems like Sorelli, Kalorn, Hagel. They're using that as their defensive line, yeah. throwing them out, burying them, kind and of thing. They're doing a good job, and they're doing great. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking, like I was going to say, they keep that line together. They aren't scoring, but like they're getting a lot of chances. Yeah. And I feel like the, that would be such a such a chip to have almost if finally they're able to put the puck in the net. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like oh like oh oh my god if only David Camp and Ilya and uh, Pierre Engvall could start scoring. That like I'm not saying that like these are three guys that can put the puck in the back of the net. 
They are getting chances. They just aren't dropping for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That like, line got absolutely shelled, though. Yeah, but they they also were like used pretty heavily against know, the McKinnon line. You like they got shelled though. Like it, they weren't effective. Yeah, that'll I, be another coaching change. So right there. let's let's be head coach here. Yeah, I'll do this. Let me move it around. Switch Paul with Hagel. So now we're doing Nick Paul, Sorelli, Kalorn. Let's do Stamkos, Palat, Hagel, and let's do Point. Kucherov, Colton. Say that again. Colton. Point. Kucherov, Colton. Okay. Palat, Stamkos, Hagel, Paul, Sorelli, Kalorn. Interesting. Okay. Or just because I know Kalorn in the past has been pretty solid offensively in the playoffs. He hasn't gotten going. Maybe instead you leave Hagel with Sorelli. You do Kalorn, Point, and Kucherov. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like I think I think a, a little shake because I don't think be... Paul and Colton is is strong enough offensively with points rush ability. Like you need someone to complement him, like a Kucherov there. Mm. And I think Stamkos mm. is at the point like last year they were using those guys together. With Stamkos way less effective. Mm-hmm. Now he's way more effective. Mm-hmm. Let him drive that line. Maybe it'll it'll give you a little more matchup advantage right now without Kadri yeah. too. Like we're talking no Kadri as well, which makes a big difference. So mm-hmm. let's see if they do something like that. Yeah, that is that is a very good point because up the middle right now they're doing McKinnon, Rantanen, and Comfort. Yeah. Where like Rantanen hasn't really played a like a full season of center. He is a d- pretty good center, but it's not. It's not Kadri's well. It's level. also like just Kadri's not even in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now instead, like Burakovsky. Like, this is why depth is good. They just bumped up Burakovsky, which is awesome. But yeah, it just changes everything around a little bit, right? Unfortunately. D- this website I'm looking at is not fully updated in terms of Tampa's lines, but I see what you mean. I, th- I do think a little bit of a change is needed. I thought Point was pretty good in this one, but yeah. like there's, I think there's there's room to grow. There's room to grow. Now that definitely. he's had that one game back, like, let's really set him loose, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought is hilarious, because he talked about like people on the radio saying, you know, would you trade the Leafs team for the Rangers? Like, okay, whatever. Wait, what? Yes. Um, I'd just like to point out the main difference between the Rangers and every other team, okay? So the Rangers ended up going 10-10 and in the playoffs, which is solid. They won two rounds. Mm -hmm. Game seven, so, like, they were only 500 in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Not that good. They had 930 goaltending total. 930. (sighs) The Colorado Avalanche are 13-2 and in the playoffs. Do you know what what save percentage their goaltending has been? 895. 899. Not bad. So when you talk about how well the Rangers are built as a team— just look at the goalie. That's because that's ninety five percent of it. It really is like yeah, pretty well, uh, yeah. And goalie, and then some some decent uh, counter attacking on offense. Some if big if Shesterkin switch spots with Mackenzie Blackwood, which team would would be in the playoffs? New Jersey or New York? New Jersey oh. for sure. New Jersey had like the like an eight eighty C person. Like they were brutal. Oh, they had okay. brutal goaltending this year. They had no. They had literally had well, no. Blackwood didn't play this. Yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think I think that's your also, that's kind of your to your well, point. Even though, good is that, like, Mackenzie Blackwood. Think, like, yeah, like, no, good Mackenzie Blackwood. I think there's a layer for Mackenzie Blackwood. Give me another team. A, diff- a different. What do you mean? One. Well, I just I'm just talking like they were. Yeah. they're picking the they're top poops. three. Like they were. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. No, but I I see what you're saying in the sense. How of, about like, Ottawa with Shesterkin? Who's better, Ottawa or the Rangers? Like. I hate Ottawa, but if, I don't the, know. if, if the Rangers right. had Matt Murray, Ottawa would make the problem. Hundred percent, that's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, I'd almost say Ottawa. At least it's just Ottawa's Ottawa's another, we're a dynasty. Yeah. Ottawa, I think, has 
this like sneaky offensive. Exactly, yeah. they so would be run like, and gun offense with like, a crazy goalie back mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but you got to. I mean, Forsberg did was like ninth in goal saved above average. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying. Like, but yes, I, I, I like some pieces on New York. Again, most of it was built by their previous GM, who was unceremoniously yeah. dismissed. They traded one of their best players, Buchnevich, for nothing to St. Louis. Like, <laughs> they haven't made that good of moves, in my opinion. They kind of got lucky. Like again. It almost doesn't even they, – they didn't do much this year anyways. It was a lot built from the past. Mm-hmm. It was inherited, so, really. We'll see how they go in, forward in the future. for Sammy Blay in a second. Makes no Sammy sense. Sammy Blay got roasted on Twitter this week. Yeah, that we was, don't have to bring that up. That was so funny. Look that up if you have time. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but, yeah, I, I see what you mean in terms of the Rangers. I mean, I don't know. Some, some people that say these things I feel like don't have access to the internet for somehow – even though they put things on the internet. I mean, what? Well, there was one article saying that uh, Zabanajek gets paid half of what Austin Matthews does. <laughs> yeah, like, that's paid. three seconds. Yeah, just like, look it up. Like, that, that, well, that was Steve it. Simmons. Like, we don't have to hide it. It was yeah. Steve Simmons. So, like, time me. Just... I can find out how much Zabanajek Also, makes. I wonder if you like, looked it up and is just brutal at math and just couldn't figure it out. Oh, Mika's so when you look up, okay, so when you look up on Google, Mika's Banajek contract, the first thing that comes up is five years, 26.75. That was his last contract. But all you have to do is click the link to see that, no, he makes eight and a half that kicks in this year. <laughs> like, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Zabanajad's a sick player. Good, like, really yeah, good yeah. shot. Good, Not even close to as good. Great as vibes like. around him. Just... The way that he, he his puts that stick up, it tickles the rafters, and he just hammers one-timers all game. A lot of them hit the glass, but it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it's just I just thought that was interesting yeah. to bring up. Also, another radio topic this week was uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Is he going to be better than Dominic Hasek, best goalie ever? I mean, that's a— uh, Rick Talkett said he's on the Mount Rushmore of goalies, which I thought was a great, yeah. great one. He said— uh, Broder, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, Andre Vasilevsky. Is Broder, the that's a that's a debatable one there. Depends Just how how yeah. long have some people been saying that though? Like you got to have the foresight there. It's easy to say now, but I know, but but now he's yeah. like making it no argument. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is he's only a year older than Shesterkin, and like think about how dominant he's been for so long. Well, yeah, Shesterkin didn't come over for a while. For a while, so of course, yeah. And but Vasilevsky just, came over right away. He was a first round pick. Shesterkin was like a fourth fourth round pick also like if he's yeah, some goalies play till they're like 38 he yeah. could play yeah. 10 more years conceivably yeah. yeah if he's if he's able to stay healthy what's funny about shesterkin like when you look at the russian 2015 world junior team like look at that tandem sorokin that and nuts. Ilya Shesterkin. well they're olympic goalies igor shesterkin yeah Bobrovsky, who is a fine goaltender, he wouldn't have made it wouldn't have made it yeah, that's nuts <laughs> like the other guys are just so good I don't know, something in the water in Russia, I tell you. And then the the number one goalie prospect coming up, I'm not considering Spencer Knight a prospect anymore, but number one goalie prospect coming up. Askarov? Yeah, is Yaroslav Askarov yeah. in, over in uh, Nashville there. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I mean, you made me look it up now, the Mount Rushmore goaltenders, but like Hashik's run in the 90s oh my god no he's he's under he's number on a one not good, on he won a, two jamie mcclennan made this point on overdrive great he won two heart trophies during like lemieux gretzky that's crazy sackick 
Iserman went back years. to back cart I know nine thirty and nine thirty two on just not good teams. And I'll, I think there's one year you can look and like the second place Vesna guy had like a nine ten and he had a nine thirty something crazy. No, like he that. um I I have looked that one up, <laughs> uh, shocker. But he finished eighth in Vesna voting in ninety five ninety six. And he, and he had a 920. I think the winner had like a 910 yeah, yeah. or something stupid like that. A 906. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Wow. I also talked about this week. He was like the biggest flash in the pan <laughs> player of all time. Yeah. That is really fun. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Wow. Not to be confused with mega movie star Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, it's the same guy. Oh, same really? Guy. I didn't know that. Star of such movies as? The Truman Show. The Truman Show. Excellent Dumb and Dumber. Movie there. Uh, what were we talking about? The series. Any other close <laughs> Jason, any closing thoughts? On like the rest of the series. I really think Tampa's gonna I don't know about next game, but I think they're gonna bounce back and give it just not seems like wow. what they do, eh? No yeah. way. Yeah, I know. Just right? seems like just, their thing. What made you thing. think that one? I still yeah, I don't know. So we'll see it. I yeah. still I, I think Colorado's gonna win. I was also shocked with how many people picked Tampa to win this series. Yeah. I mean, like just how can you go against them after You watch Colorado? I yeah. Have, That's how. But have you watched Tampa Bay lift yes. the cup two yes, years in a I row? Have. I have, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, some things to look out for moving forward in the series. Like you said, Tampa Bay's ability to move the puck in a more efficient way is yeah. going to be big. Yeah. I think puck efficiency with Tampa is going to be massive as well. They clearly do not have a speed advantage whatsoever right now. I think managing the puck is going to be really big for them. I, I, really, I, I think they have a big advantage along the boards. I think winning puck battles along the boards is going to be their forte. You're going to see Tampa work the puck around the boards in the offensive zone and try to kind of cycle it into high danger areas from there and catch Colorado out of position. Um, On the power play, I felt like Tampa and even the Lightning a little bit too were really reading the other team's power play very well. You could tell that Jared Bed or whoever runs the PK for, uh, for the Avalanche really did their homework on this one because there was more than a few times where Kucherov lined up for a one-timer and there was a guy right there in front to block it. One time he got it through though. I think we're really, so as a result, I think we're really going to start to see some more Kucherov touch passes off the one time, which we've seen. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then work it from there. So if I'm Colorado, I wouldn't get too comfortable with that game plan on the PK because Tampa Bay is just going to pick it apart. No problem. Yeah. Like Jason said, I mean, I think Colorado's going to win, but yeah. you know t- <laughs> just t- what they do. Exactly. Just what they so, do. So I have a funny little question for you guys. Do the Colorado – I- One more thing Sorry, looking ahead, forward. Yeah. My last thing, uh, I might be looking into this a little bit too much, mm-hmm. and I've been mentioning the injury a lot, but Darcy Kemper's ability to see pucks from far, I'm, uh, I'm not sold. We'll keep our eye on that. Keep, mm-hmm. keep your eye <laughs> on that. There was one play early in the in the game. Puck hit him in the chest. It was a late reaction. One of the goals was a screen, but was from pretty far out. There was another post that he just, I, I didn't think there was really a, a screen there, and he didn't really pick it up. It was on a, a Chernak shot. So keep your eye on that. I'm not saying it's definite, but keep your eye on so it. Le- okay, so level of, first, level of concern if, let's say, uh, 
Camper can't play. Like, let's say, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, like zero. Zero. It's like the same, yeah. yeah. It's the same, You right? haven't okay. really seen anything from Kemper in these Thoughts. playoffs. Thoughts. Although a good goal. He's better mm-hmm. than Francouz, but, but how do you pronounce his name, actually? Francouz. Francouz. Uh, it's actually, uh, yes, French. <laughs> Freddie French. Freddie French. French. <laughs> That's all. No, but like, it, not that it doesn't matter, but they have 899 goaltending and they're still winning. Yeah. Like, it's, Colorado's an offensive team, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't let on four goals, they'll probably win. There you go. Even then, I mean. They might still win. <laughs> they might still win. So, but. question to you guys. Do you think that the Colorado Avalanche play less games than the New York Rangers in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. The Rangers played 20 games. Nice. The yeah. Avalanche currently have where you 15 got that. games I wonder played. where you got that question from. Where do you get it? I said it in our group. Yeah. Oh, come on. I <laughs> didn't might, see that. They might put, <laughs> yeah. stole that. Well, no, it's just good to bring <laughs> it up. It is a very good so question. So, how many though? games do they have to win in? So, they would have to uh, win three more uh, for less. It would have the the series so, would only have to go to five. Yes, equal would be six. six. And if it goes to seven, then but, they play one more game. I would say equal. Series. You think equal? Yeah, I think less, and they lose. No, okay. Yeah, who knows? Wow, a little lightning routing. <laughs> I hope this series goes to seven. So I'm saying more. Yeah, so yes. do I. Obviously. Yeah, but it would be kind of funny to to look back and be like. You know, you know when you're just doing like the the browse over a hockey DB. Yeah. If, if you look at a Ranger, it's like oh, 20 games they must have made the finals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nope, nope. Actually, well, didn't the Kings do it in less than that one year? I think so. I think there was a the Kings Le- less than 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And I I think that what really helped them was the rest really helped them to, you know, recover. Within the playoffs, they did there. it in exactly twenty games. Exactly twenty. That's crazy. Games. Was that about. against the Rangers? Because uh, they won against the... the Canucks. They lost three games total in that playoffs. What? Holy cannoli! Sorry, oh, four, 11, four 12. to make twenty. They're, yeah, eleven, twelve. You're right. Both their Stanley Cup wins are hilarious because didn't on the in the other other uh, year they won the Stanley Cup. They had like three reverse sweeps to the finals, or no, or two. but they they won three and. Game seven in a row. Oh, okay, that's against Chicago, Anaheim, yeah. San Jose, and that's wow. and then beat New York in f- like five games. Not Martinez. even beat New York. They beat Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah, that New York. <laughs> well, it seems like a theme with them, eh? <laughs> Where do they keep finding these goalies? And they haven't even like think about it. Like Lundqvist was like a seventh round pick. I know, or it was he even picked? I don't even know. And then Shesterkin was a fourth or whatever. But yeah, like what I always used to like to say about those. Rangers teams in that era when Lundqvist was at his best was they go as far as Henrik Lundqvist takes them. I remember they had one series against Ottawa. They should have had no business being in and it went to seven and Henrik stood on his head and they won. And then the next series didn't make it pass because he kind of cooled off. Right. So one, one goalie point I want to make, because a lot of people like Leafs related, we always got to bring it back to the Leafs a bit. You know, why aren't they drafting a goalie? And it's all, well, here's the thing. Like, Look at all the top goalies in the league that that are like high picks or like drafted by the team. How many of the GMs who drafted those goalies are still the GM of those teams? Just think about that. And that will lead you to the answer on why some teams don't draft goalies early. Uh just trying to think. So like I don't know, Jake Otten. Well, no, he's not up there. Sorry. He's not up there yet. Okay, Vasilevsky, drafted by Steve Eiserman. Igor Shashirkin, not drafted by the current GM. Yeah. Who else do you want to bring up there? Like, who was another high-picked goalie? Carter Hart? Not drafted Carter by the current GM. There we are. That's a good one, too. Um, um, I don't know. Mackenzie Blackwood. 
Well, he's a second round pick. Not drafted know. by the current GM. So that's the rain. Uh, that's the the Devils there. Um, but I'm just saying, like, we know goalies take longer to develop. So if you're a GM, are you like, wow, let me take a first round pick on this goalie <laughs> who may take five years to develop, or can I take like a skilled winger who may be on our roster in two years, like Seth Jarvis, for example, and say, like just, just an example. Cause he's not a t- that high of a pick. I believe there was a goalie that was picked around him that year. Yeah. That's another, uh, that, uh, that actually that, is a very good point because you. when you think about it, a goalie that's going to be in the Memorial cup finals, pretty high pick by the Detroit Red Wings, Sebastian Kosa. A lot of Red Wings fans are very revved up and ready to go about him. Like he's gonna, well, we gotta wait. We gotta, he's got to be a starter, like right away. No, no. He's got a lot of refining to do. He's on a phenomenal team. Someone pointed out, I think this entire year he has faced more than thirty shots nine times. Come on, <laughs> playoffs included. I believe so, or maybe it was just regular season. But even but either still, way, that's in, ridiculous. In the CHL is that crazy. is that's absolutely ridiculous. Like think about him. I, I, I akin him to Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko was another pr- 35th overall pick. And who's the GM now in Vancouver? Is it not, still? Not that guy. Is it still Jimmy? 35th overall no. pick. Very good at Boston College. Big bo- big body, fairly athletic, moves very fast. I like to think of Thatcher. I like to describe his movements as violently fast. Because the way he hits the post, it's like. He, That's so, such a he, weird way to describe it. Just because, like, the way he hits yeah, the yeah. post, it, the, the whole net shoots up into the air. He has issues some yeah, games he, because oh he keeps God. knocking it off. But, yeah, you got to take your time with goalies because, you know. Anyways, let's uh, let's move that, on, like, shall we? Great point. I, yeah. 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 You got to be patient. That's why Joseph Wool might not be the backup next year, but we got him for two more years after next year. Absolutely. Take your time. Be patient. So, before... We move any further. We want we have a little word from our friends at Manscaped. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And that's another good reminder. Father's Day is this Sunday. Uh, the 19th. The 19th. So you're this, this is probably coming on the Friday the 17th, so if you, you caught us early... Don't forget to get your dad a present for Father's Day. And what better gift to get him than a Manscaped product, you know? We talked about the ear hair. We talked about the nose hair. Yeah. Shipping's great. Comes in pretty fast. Yeah. There's still time. If you're listening to it on the Friday, you can get it before Father's Day probably. So, but yeah. anyways. Let's move on. Is that all we got for uh, Stanley Yeah, we'll Cup? see what happens. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a fun series. Make sure to uh, keep your eyes glued on that one. Uh, never going to be a dull moment. Let's get into some around the league. I don't know if Bruce Cassidy was fired before or after last episode. He was fired before last episode. I think the day that we recorded last episode and then was hired before. Someone on this podcast said Vegas for him. I can't remember who, but I know we talked about it. Uh, Probably wasn't me. 
I was. <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't know. I think it was me. Okay. Oh wow. No, All I just. Right. I, if it wasn't you two, it must have been. But it just made so much Possibly. sense. It's just yeah. like that's such a Vegas hire. Yeah, and I, I think I think it'll work out. I mean, hundred percent. When you look at a Jack Eichel, Boston guy, Bruce Cassidy. I think they'll know? just play a much more structured defensive game, which will help them a lot because they. Yeah. Yeah, that's know, a very good point. Their D were getting a little too run and gun. Oh yeah, recently, especially Alex Petrangelo, his stats when he's been in Vegas, like defensively, have been horrible. But when you look at him, he's still like mobile, six four, good offensively. It's just he's trying to do too much, and they're trying to put him out there to do way too much, and as a result, it's it's not resulting in anything positive. So I think Bruce Cassidy being able to rein that in kind of. Put him in the Charlie McAvoy position that you had in Boston. Or you put Shea Theodore in that. Like, they have a lot of talent. A lot more yeah. talent than he had in Boston. Even yeah. up front. Like, yeah. don't forget Jack Heichel's there. Like, yeah. that team should be a top five team in the league next year. Yeah, I think they have, like, a like very early to say, but I think they have a pretty easy path to the Western Conference final, considering Edmonton and Calgary are both getting probably... We don't know about Calgary, but chances are they're like probably... They should be winning their division. Exactly, yeah. yeah it's like chances sure. are those teams are on like a downward trend because of all the free agents free yeah. agents and all the guys that they had kind of like Explore Edmonton. Year, yeah. I'm thinking about like a Vander Kane, like... Hyman. Hyman. Flames even also definitely losing Gaudreau, like who's going to replace him. Yeah. It's like, like Vegas is the only team on the upward yeah. trajectory compared to like those guys. Hyman. As long as they can just stay healthy. He's just going to go down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think he'll have 11 playoff goals next year. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I watch him have like 15 wins. <laughs> the goals get even worse. It's just scoring from center. <laughs> just a mash one in on us. He's tipping in, he's tipping in empty netters. That'd be hilarious. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Alec Martinez, I think, played seven games last year. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal defenseman as well. Um, it'll be curious. I don't know what his contract status is, but Nick Hag really took a step forward for them. Like he was a second round pick too. Like just another guy where like just had the pieces there to be very good. It's just, you gotta, you gotta develop them properly. They right? have our, they already have a good decor. Like oh, locked yeah. in. So, oh yeah. What's Nick Hag signed for? Oh, he's an RFA. So they got to take care of business there. And I don't think that. They also have three goalies. That's very true as well. Another team on the goalie watch. Yeah. The problem is the one that they'd want to trade is probably not the guy. Worth very want. much. Yeah. Larry B. Larry B. I think Larry B. Yeah, I think Larry B is the obvious pick. I mean, you have, uh, what's Logo, his name, Panda? Logan Thompson and Robin Logan Lamb. Thompson, yeah. A U sports guy. Really? Yeah. Brock University. Wow. For nice. one year, ripped it up and then went pro after that. So that's pretty cool to see, see him succeed there. There's a few uni- uh, U sports guys. Um, there's one guy in San Jose there as well. He played uh, he played out west, I think, for U sports. So yeah, represent. Anywho, uh, moving on from Vegas to another Vegas related move. There, Evgeny Dadanov. Traded from the Vegas Golden Knights for real this time, confirmed to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Shea Weber's bag of bones. So, you guys had an interesting conversation about this one regarding did Montreal get enough for this? So, what'd you guys think about this one? I mean, it's hard to tell. Who knows? But, it, well, 
just to look at compare like other LTIR deals like Johnson. Tampa was in a crunch similar to Vegas is in a crunch now. Tampa moved out Johnson with a second and got Brent Seabrook back from the uh, from the, the Blackhawks. So you'd think that the price would be that to move out a guy and take like take give out an LTI guy our guy and take a guy back in Montreal. But Montreal seemed to not pay anything or not get anything for taking on Dadanov's deal. And you'd expect them to get more, but I still think it's a decent maybe deal they because just really like that. Maybe, yeah, but I, I think that they, they think they can get more than what they would get in that trade at the trade deadline for Dadanov. I think that's the thinking behind it. And I'm sure other teams were like As like, long as he waves his no trade clause. Of course, yeah. But I I wouldn't I, assuming he's getting traded at the deadline, chances are he's going to a playoff team, right? And a, a playoff team, I think, would like to have him at two and a half, especially if you can get him a little double retained too. Who knows, yeah. right? No, that's a, that's so, a really good point. That's a fair point. And uh, I, I wonder maybe if there's just competition to get him and Montreal just wanted to guarantee that asset. Yeah. Like don't, that, that don't future trade, asset. Don't lose that no trade list. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because who knows? Maybe Anaheim or Arizona was in, in, on, them, in on that too. Like we, we really don't know, right? So. And it's interesting because when you make that point, I mean, the Sabres just traded for Ben Bishop, and they they got like a seventh for him, I want to say. Yeah, they got a seventh. But the big thing with the Tyler Johnson deal, you mentioned that. Like, Tyler Johnson was an active player, Mm -hmm. and they did have to put him on the the active roster. Yeah. But he actually ended up going on LTIR this year because he had a neck injury. Yeah. Similar. I think it was similar to the one. That it Eichel was the same had. as the same surgery that Eichel had. I think that was part, maybe part of the concern in taking on Johnson. I don't know. But. No, it happened during the year. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It happened during this year. He played like 25 games, I want to say. And then. Uh, Got the surgery. And then, yeah, he ended up having yeah. to get the surgery and shutting her down there. I wonder if the difference was that Arizona Coyote just said, yeah, we'll just take him for nothing. And then, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's, I'm curious to see how much Montreal really likes Dadanov. Maybe yeah. I'm, I don't know. I mean, think they they got something there. You do have to. I mean, they're not. They're still rebuilding, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, like maybe again, like you said, a little flip at the deadline mm-hmm. there for for half retained at two yeah. and a half. Plus, plus, people were talking about them having to give to get rid of Shea Weber because they also are potentially going to have Carey Price. Like, Probably will have Carey Price on LTIR next year too. You don't want to have to yeah. be paying those guys like you'd be paying a lot, of, like a lot of actual dollars oh, for. Yeah. Think about like from uh, the owner standpoint, yeah, paying like, like just get maybe Carey Price and Shea Weber and being in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. That doesn't uh, that doesn't look too good on the bottom no, line. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyways, for yeah, so. Interesting to see. Always interesting to see a player that's no longer going to be playing hockey involved in a trade. I mean, we saw it. It's happening more and more frequently. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Anywho, um, other points for around the league. John Tortorella signed by the Philadelphia Flyers. So, <sighs> Elliot. Oh, my God. Elliot Friedman said. The Flyers are really looking to have a hot start, and Tortorella has his teams ready. That's why they hired him, which is just insane to me. But I think that's uh, that team has a lot of issues for sure, if, and they apparently want to get Johnny Goudreau. I don't know how, but like if a guy like Konechny's on the block, Leafs fans would love to get him. So we'll see what happens. There's definitely going to be some movement there. But he's not a Sue Greyhounds guy. No, he's not. You're right. Ottawa 67s and Sarnia's thing. But I, I, I find that kind of funny. What, like? If you, 
you go if you finish first place in October, what are you going to put that on a banner? I swear they well? were like, doing cares? well in, in previous. Uh, there was a season where they were in first place for a while, maybe two seasons ago. Myers, I don't Something know. Like they, that, they do this yeah. weird thing where every other year they're good, and they finally in the bubble the they they vastly underperformed. Like they should have went further than what they did. Like they they vastly underperformed in the bubble. I felt like I think Carter Hart bailed them out against Montreal, and even probably in another one as well. But like they had a good team, and they were they were favorites to kind of go far and win the Stanley Cup, even. And then you just get the the bubble year; they were awful. I mean, okay, then you come out of the the bubble year, and it's like, okay, now everything's back to normal. Like, let's see what this team can actually do. And they've just continued to stink. Like they've been horrific. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one for for Torts for sure. Like, who's yeah. like? Wow, they pay Kevin Hayes a lot of money. Holy smokes. They pay JVR. JVR. Well, for one more He's year, one but more, yeah. they pay him quite a bit of money as well. Oh, my well. goodness. And like, that's going to be two guys that I don't think Tortorella is going to love. No. Like, no. I don't know. And it's funny. Like, Brandon Dubinsky, I believe, tweeted, uh, pray for the Flyers players. <laughs> but, uh, did he say it in a bad way or a good way? I didn't even see. He had Tortorella in New York and Columbus, and I think it, yeah. he got sat yeah. in both of those situations. Was Cam Atkinson like a Cam Atkinson, guy? So Cam Atkinson, funny enough, signed a big contract and then was healthy. It was a health bomb the next day. Wow. Courtesy of John no, Tortorella. <laughs> it's actually crazy, sorry to interrupt, how thin their roster is while almost having a cap team, like capped out team. Yeah. I it, mean, it feels so thin. Like, I, I'm trying to look at like who – like. Hayes, Van Reems, like they have two guys on LTIR on cap friendly that are very good. Oh, Katuri and Ellis, those guys are pretty good players. Those are probably their best forwards. Yeah, defensemen. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they have stunk. They just have so many players that I feel like Tortorella is going to bench. That I don't know who they're going to roster. but we'll see. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they buy out JVR. There's no reason though. I'd rather trade him half retained. But like, will he be worth anything? At three point five, he still scored scored twenty five goals for you. How did he do this year, though? He's he was hurt a bit. He stunk this year. I felt like we're looking it up. We're all twenty four goals in eighty two games. So exactly twenty four. Yeah. Oh, I think it. Oh yeah. Okay, that's much better. He's than almost I performed exactly as I expected in, in yeah. Philly. Like, yeah. definitely overpaid throughout the whole contract. Well, I mean, it's hard still. harder when Mitch Martin is not passing you the posture. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just ask that Tyler, Bo- him, him and Tyler Bozak when they left the Leafs, like he had thirty six goals as last year. At least. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and it was funny because he couldn't skate. No, he couldn't. <laughs> he just could not skate that whole year. But yeah, watch out for six foot four players that have to get hip surgery because it doesn't look good for them after that. Uh, I believe we've touched on everything around the league. A um, lot of Leafs discourse regarding goalies. We're not, yeah. You know, oh, you're not ready. Okay, all right. I had a couple things from uh, from Myrtle and Siegel's article. I just wanted to bounce yeah. them off you. Go ahead. Is that cool? Yeah. Before yeah, we sure. wrap it up. So he said about about Jack Campbell. You know, it was rumored that the Leafs weren't talking to him, but I think his agent has come out and said, you know, we've talked like once a week for the last couple of weeks. So he says the open market for Campbell, I think, is at least four years. I think there's going to be a, a, probably one team that gives him four or five years versus the Leafs. Says he thinks the lease will offer three years at around four million, but he may get offered, for example, four and a half for five years, and that's a total money difference of around six to seven million. That's so big. he may take that. But again, I I think it's going to be, I think there's a chance that he comes back. But 
all the signs are pointing towards the opposite, which is that someone's going to give them more than the Leafs are willing to, which then begs the question, who would the Leafs get? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's honestly too hard to even speculate now because, like, the free agency goalies, there's really only, other than Campbell, there's two or three that you'd be willing to, like, sign as, like, actual guys. Like, I'd say maybe in the Campbell tier, right? Kemper, Huso. But it, see, so my question then becomes... Sorry. If you're willing, if you're only willing to give Campbell three years at four million, how much more are you willing to give Billy Huso, for example? Oh, that you're one's not. a risk. Like that so that, it's probably a, a similar deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about this one? I was hearing. I don't think the source was very credible, but it's just funny to see. Uh, Bobrovsky half retained out of Florida. No. How about this one? Oh. Sorry, I, that's a quick no, though. No. Really? No. That's no still five, that's no? still five million and for like. Six, six years, years, five years. I also, think. Florida would never. Do yes, that, because ever. that that okay. just hamstrings them for too long, way too long. Like yeah. I, I, teams don't like taking retained salaries on like retaining salaries for five five yeah. million dollars. But yeah. <laughs> how about this one? Other options they said that make sense. We got to look to the past. Look to the former boss of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Lou Lamorello. He's got a goalie for one more year at five million in Varlamov, oh, okay. and they hypothesize that if you know. You know, they need some cap space. If you give them an asset, they may retain 50%. So, wow. If you can get them at 50%, I think that's a great, great deal. Wow. Like, even if you have to give up, like, a, a, like a high-profile pick for like him. What? Or, like, a, a, I don't know, maybe a first if you can get another pick back. But, like, what? again, like, you need you need a goalie. going. If you don't I'm get... Not, I'm not giving up a first for Varlamov. So, then let's say, hypothetically, you don't get Campbell. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? So, in terms of Varlamov, what you were saying, like... I wouldn't give up a first. Like when you look at Darcy Kemper coming mm-hmm. out of new out of Arizona, he was half retained. He costed a first, and a Connor prospect. Timmons, yeah. who was a pretty good prospect for that, he was playing for the Avs in the playoffs. But Darcy Kemper versus Semyon Varlamov. I mean, I don't know, maybe a second. Yeah, maybe a, a little bit more, like a second. But it's not that like big a of a difference in acquisition costs. I don't but like think. if you give a first and you don't, let's say you don't give a prospect, would you rather do that or a second or prospect? Prospects, whatever. I'd I'd give any prospect, honestly. Not any, <laughs> sorry, not any prospect, but I'd give like prospects yeah. if it meant the cost comes down, kind of thing. So, you guys are on board for Varley? I I'd love to get him half retained. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's all right. We need I to just, win. Like that's the thing. <laughs> based on the options that are out there, though. My big thing, my biggest thing is like you're you're getting a, I want to call it a B tier goaltender. You're not getting a top ten goalie in the league like, unless they get John it'll Gibson be somehow. Max, yes. Yeah, so that's the also, only. That's like John Gibson, or you're getting yeah. B tier. Yeah. And then it. and then there there will be people that will debate you on if, Gibson. If yeah, yeah, which is which year of Gibson are you getting? Kind yeah. of thing. What kind of mentals are there? Like, I think, in my opinion, the best you're going to get is maybe, like, the 15th kind of best goaltender yep. in the league. Yep. My biggest thing is, can the Leafs' defensive core stay healthy, and are they able to clog up the middle of the ice? If they play like they did at the end of the year and in the playoffs as well, I'm confident with that type of that caliber of goaltender back there, and especially for the Leafs to make a run. If Jake Muzzin goes down or someone else part of that core six, you know, their, our top six defensemen that we have, especially one with good defensive pedigree, yikes. That's all I'm going to say. Yikes. Yeah. 
That's fair. It's, That's it, just my plain and simple. But at the end, line. they still need a at they least a B a. goalie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like we can't be C goalie and C goalie. That, yeah, I've seen so, I've seen people suggest some tandems where I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't have Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer, and all them back there. No, you certainly don't. And you then, do need someone of yeah B caliber. Okay, that's interesting. So we'll keep an eye on that. But again, seems like Campbell again. It's still leaning towards not coming back yeah. on Kosh and Engvall. Very similar. They're making it seem like if they don't sign either of these guys before their qualifying offer, they're not going to qualify either of them. Not going to qualify. Yeah, because they don't think Engvall or Kasha will play on their qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. And then they don't want to go to they arbitration. They don't want to go to arbitration. Makes sense because arbitration, you don't really know what you're going to get. So it makes it a lot harder to like pick up free agents because what if like whatever your projection is, they get a million or two million more and that there's like a ripple effect, right? Like now you're over the cap. Now you have to move someone out, right? So. There's but, uh, right. That's a great it, point. It makes the situa- situation a little sticky because they think ca- a player like Kasha might get two and a half million or more in that uh, arbitration, which would be not good for the Leafs. No, I wouldn't. Like and that. then they're talking about offering Engvall three years at two and a half million. I would be vehemently against that. They even say he would have to be a third line forty point player for to offer him that deal. So he may do that. He may not. But again, I think. What's going to end up happening is probably both these, well, at least one of these guys is gone. That would yeah, make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Who would you prefer between the two? Pierre Engvall. To Keith? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like, maybe, I guess. I guess. Dep- it depends Engvall. on the money. I guess if you're saying the same money, probably Engvall. Yeah. Just because yeah. he's uh, a little more reliable health wise. Yeah. Makes, yeah. A, exactly. makes a difference there. Good defensive impact as well. And then one more little tidbit is that. They don't believe that the Muzzin will be moved. They think the Leafs are going to keep him, but Justin Hall will be moved. Wow. Okay. Potentially. But that's like where it's leaning. And then they want to possibly bring back Ilya Labushkin as like their seventh D. I like, I, see, I like that. I had this weird gut feeling. Labushkin that, in a, a depth role. Yeah. That, as they, it says here as their seventh D. So. Yeah. I really like the tandem of defense. Like when you're looking at third pair, have that solid, like that solid defensive guy. That just goes out there, throws the body, knocks some heads off, and then you need that offensive guy paired with him as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like that really evens out the third pairing, and you get something out of it in limited minutes, right? They're, they're not playing against great competition, so I, th- I think Labushkin in that third pairing role would be would be quite solid. I'm curious to see what Justin Hall's worth is around the league. Yeah, and that could be helpful for us if, if yeah. he has e- even Dermot slightly more than Dermot, maybe. Yeah, like I, I Dermot went for a third. Yeah, I think I think he's worth it. I I would think he's worth a second at the very least, just because of his contract as well. He's only making two million dollars, and like we talked about last year, guys. How many? How many? Not only right handy, but left handy made like three, yeah. three and a half. We Cody, Cody CC. Patrick Nemeth made two and a half. Yeah, that's a, like, that's actually a bad one now after those playoffs. He, he played very well. But he'll, he'll Patrick have, Nemeth made two and a half. Yeah, Hall will have a market. Yeah. So that's all for the least. Just yeah. things to I don't know where these muzzin rumors came from. I think it was just people I, made they them use up. Twitter. Like I don't know how yeah, you're gonna insane. replace that guy. I really don't. It's insane. People see that he unless didn't play you, a lot. Unless you get like a like Jason said, get similar assets that you traded for him and then flip that yeah. for like yeah. a star player. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to Yeah. Because everyone says go back to LA. No offense. Like, why would LA want Jake Muzzin in their current situation? They're slow. They're doing like a retool. They have a young-ish defenseman. Like, why would they give assets for a guy who's nearing the end when like their roster 
is probably looking to be good in two to three years. Yeah. Is their peak? The LA but thing. So the LA thing. I that think LA is looking to be good now. The, I yeah. know they are, but again, why would they want the, Muzzin? Like, it was yeah. it was just a rumor started on Twitter because the Leafs had four left hand D and the LA Kings had four no, signed. Someone did D. the specialty. They said uh, per the athletic, <laughs> and then yeah, just and then no didn't, we couldn't find yeah. it. We looked I, everywhere. I tweeted at that person. They didn't even respond to me. I said, "Where yeah. did you get this information from?" But the other thing is, like, the rumored trades were, like, yeah. one of L.A.'s, like, younger defensemen yeah. Like, yeah. back in the we deal. We should start doing like, that more, just, like, per, per like, yeah. per a, 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 a publication that you need a subscription for and just make up a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I spent way too long, like, just Looking searching Jake Muzzin and just... And a Kings, yeah. <laughs> it didn't come up with didn't anything. Exist. Yeah. And per the athletic uh, Panarin to Boston. Look it up. Oh, wait. You don't have a subscription? Too bad. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> trust me. Just trust me. It's trust the internet. Me, you can trust me. Or, uh, I don't know. What is, what's another good one? Making up a, a text conversation. I used to do that, but it was more so memes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not like, like massive trade rumors for our second. No, I was making up like rumors, team. Landis Cog to the Leafs, and it was like a text message from like, some random person's like, hey, it's Kyle Dubas. Please send me <laughs> so we can sign Landis Cog. Like or it was a text message conversation between Dubas and uh, and what's his name in, in L.A. It's like, hey, do you want Jonathan Quick? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I think that uh, pretty yeah. much wraps up this episode. That was a, a good tidbit to throw in at the end there because everything's about the Leafs, you know. Love the Leafs stats being thrown around with the Stanley Cup final. Like, ah, oh, this is the third team in the past – what, four, four years, years to make the finals yeah, after beating the Leafs? There'll be more Leafs stuff coming up once it's, again, it picks up quick once it the finals. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, we're less than a month away, I think, from Is free agency. Is it NHL awards on, like, Tuesday? I don't know. It's it's during the NHL finals, if I saw that correctly. Maybe. Which, that that's terrible. They've already given out, like, half the awards. I know. They've whatever. Pretty much all of them. So, who cares? <laughs> Anywho, any other closing thoughts that we have? Nope. See you next week. We'll see, see how this series week. goes. Yeah. After game what? I don't know. It'll be like game four. Right yeah, there. we'll figure it out. Anyhow, we'll figure it out. Anyways, thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.